0: At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Well, today, um, continuing in our series, and I will end this series on Christmas Sunday. As she said earlier, we won't be in the house, but it will be, I'll be ministering it online. So you'll be able to get the Finishing message in this series, Jesus, Savior of the World, will be online next Sunday. Amen? It is a good day to be alive and to be a part of the church of the body of Christ. Amen? It's a great day to be a part of the church of Jesus. But, you know, I've been saying to you in this series that we've kind of hit it from several different angles that... Jesus was the one. But Jesus is the one. He he was the one in their day. And all the scriptures that we've read concerning Him, I'm going to read a few of those again as we get into the meat of this message and really this series, what we're going to talk about. Um, How many know that we have so much to be grateful and thankful for regarding Mary and Joseph, the two, those two individuals. When I'm in heaven, when I meet them, I will thank them for their willingness to accept what the angels, the angel said to each of them. The angel spoke to them and told them what would happen, and they believed it. I mean, the, the, the fact that Mary believed what the angel told her, I mean, young, probably 16, 17-year-old 16, girl, to believe what the angel said to her was supernatural. Amen? She had to have great faith to believe something that was literally impossible for her to bear a child, to conceive a child in her womb and never have been with a man. Mm-mm. No way. And she said, you know, how can this be? But when the angel told her what would happen, she said, so be it according to your word, and man, we have so much to be thankful for, for them and what they did. And, and the Bible says that she's a blessed woman, blessed above other, all other women, a blessed woman for the decision and the choice that she made to receive Jesus but she's not the one. Amen? Thank God for her, but she's not the one. In fact, at the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry, when they came to her asking her questions, she told them to go to Him and she said, whatever He tells you to do, do it. Whatever He tells you to do, do it. You know what? Those words are still ringing out today. Whatever He tells you to do, if you do it, it'll happen the way He said it'll happen. The way His Word says that it'll happen. And we're commissioned, we're challenged to do that and to live that way in this life. And, uh, but I want to just focus on where we've been in this, in this series. I want to read the two foundational scriptures that we, that we read The first one found in 1 John 4 and verse 14. And it says, And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as the Savior, as Savior of the world. And John 4 and 42, we talked about in the in past weeks. You can go hear that. I'm not going to talk much more about it, but this this is the Samaritan woman, and she had what what all that Jesus had said to her and 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 then she had gone to her people, and her people kind of believed, but then this statement was made in verse 42. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard Him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. He is the one, the Savior of the world. He's the one for everything in your and my life, and we've got to see that. See, you and I need to believe that so that the world will believe it. The world's not going to believe in a God they can't see because the world believes you can't believe something till you see it. Right? So you and I have to, because we have the Word coming into us, we have to develop a belief system where we believe this stuff is really true, that He is the one... But He's the one for everything. He didn't just save us from hell, and if that's all there would have been, man, that would have been a great thing. That's enough. But it's more than that. See? He saved us from sickness and disease. He saved us from poverty and lack. He saved us from depression. He saved us from fear. He delivered us from everything. He liberated us and set us free. He's the one. And in 1 Peter, and there's several other places that mention it, but I'll just read this one. In 1 Peter chapter 1, and verse starting with verse 18, and I'm reading this out of the Passion translation, it says, For you know that your lives were ransomed once and for all from the empty and futile way of life handed down from generation to generation. That's what, that's what we had in the past. That's what they had in the past before Jesus, all of us before Jesus. It was not a ransomed payment of silver and gold which, which eventually perishes, but the precious blood of Christ, who like a spotless, unblemished lamb was sacrificed for us. Now watch this, these, this last part of this through verse 20. This was part of God's plan, for He was chosen and destined for this before the foundation of the earth was laid. Jesus and His blood and our redemption and the redemption sacrifice that was made was God's plan and in His plan before Adam and Eve. Before Adam and Eve lost it, the plan for redemption was already set in place. Did you hear what I said? The birth, the, 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 the conception and the birth and the life And the death and the burial and the resurrection and the ascension at the right hand of the Father is a package deal. And the plan was set up before any of us were thought about, before anybody that's ever lived on planet earth in this dispensation of time was ever thought about, right? Before they were ever thought about, anybody was ever thought about. He had a plan. And that plan was to deliver you and I, to deliver all of mankind. Can you say amen to that? To set you and I free. He's the one who has, as I said, saved us from danger, from destruction. He's the one who has liberated us But He has liberated us as a result in this day and time in which we live in. We're protected because of the blood of Jesus. We've been rescued because of the blood of Jesus. We've been delivered and redeemed because of the blood of Jesus. The Bible says in Proverbs, it says, He's the keeper of our soul. He's our keeper. Can you say amen to that? He's kept us and He guards us, He defends us. I'm saying to you today, everybody lift a finger. He's the one. You say, yeah, you, oh, come on, Pastor, we, we, we know He's the one. No, 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 not really. Not when you think of all the things that I just mentioned and there's so much more. Not, not, the, not when you think of all the things that I just mentioned to you right here that He has liberated us from. He's the one that came. He's the one that was conceived. It, 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 it was the plan When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, then for 4,000 years, the plan was moving around and working its way into the earth so that man could be redeemed through the sacrifice and the redemption of the blood of Christ. 1 Peter 1 here says, we were not ransomed. It wasn't a payment of silver and gold which eventually perishes, but the precious blood of Christ that never perishes. That blood still speaks today. It's still alive today. You know why? Because it's constantly delivering me. It's constantly protecting me. It's constantly keeping me. (laughs) Woo! Keeping me. All through the book of Proverbs, it talks about those who trust in God, they live in a safe place. And that safe place is where you and I are privileged to live and to operate in on a day-to-day basis, we can live safe no matter what's going on out there. And we live, I mean, the climate that's out there right now, I mean, people are nervous, scared, uncertain, but when we're trusting Him, when we know that the one has come, the one Savior, people are looking to be saved. People are looking for politicians to save them. I mean, some politicians have even called themselves Savior. I'm here to save the nation, save the planet. Thank God I'm not dependent on him or her. My dependency is on the Savior, who's already saved me. Amen? Amen? Yeah, we've got to live in this world. We can't can't be so high-minded in thinking those things that we're not in the world. We're in the world, but I ain't of this world. That's bad English, but you know what I mean. I'm not of this planet. I'm from a different place, see, because I've been born a second time. And that's what I, this morning, I want us to meditate on that, on this, what, what I'm talking about through a story that's a very well-known story, but there's a lot in the story that we miss, and so the rest of our time we're going to read this story that's found in John chapter 3, and it's the story of Jesus and Nicodemus. Because I want to focus on the fact that He's alive, because this time of the year, All of our focus, most people's focus is on the birth, but you can't separate the birth from His life, His life from His death, His death from His resurrection. It's a package thing. See, He's the Savior that came to save us, but He's already saved us. Today, when we're acknowledging the birth of Jesus, and like I said, thank God for Mary and Joseph. Thank God for two people that chose. You know, they didn't have to receive it. They didn't have to receive what the angel said. Could have looked at him and said, you're nuts. I dream or no dream. There's no way I'm going to have a child. I know how this thing works. I'm young, but I know how it works, and I, there's no way I'm going to have a child. That's what she could have said. Thank God she didn't. Can you say amen? Thank God for the birth. We're not taking away from it. But I want to focus today on this plan This plan that before the foundation of the world... Who was there before the foundation of the world? Well, the Father was there, right? The Word was there. Holy Spirit was there, right? And so in their little board meeting, they decided that the redemption plan would be set in place. And what they decided liberated us, it didn't matter what Adam and Eve were going to do, the plan was already set in motion. And the moment that they disobeyed God, true sin is just disobeying God. When you know to do what's right and you don't, the Bible calls that sin. They disobeyed what God said. The whole garden, everything, it's all yours. Just don't mess with the one tree. And here comes Lucifer and Satan to deceive and they gave in to it. And as a result of it, you know, the focus can be on the fact that now humanity lost their authority and the enemy got it. And he did. And for 4,000 years, he had it. But the plan of redemption, the moment it happened, it was cha-ching. And it started moving. Hmm? And it was moving toward... The conception and the birth and the life and the death, the burial, the going to hell, being raised on the third day, leading those in captivity, out of captivity, into captivity with God, right? And then ascending at the right hand of the Father and sitting down at the right hand. And you know who else sits at the right hand with Him? The Bible says we sit with Him. Ephesians 2 says that you and I sit with Him at His glorious right hand. He represents us there. And you know what He said? It's finished. It's done. And today, because of the blood of Jesus, because of the birth of Jesus, as a result of the blood of Jesus that was planned before the foundation of the world, you and I are protected, we're healed, we're delivered, we're set free in every way because He truly is the one. Man, I, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I really like to get into conversations. Not, not where I force it. I will never force a conversation about that Jesus is the only one. I'll never force a conversation. You will, it, it'll turn into a fight, and you'll lose somebody that quick. But when someone comes to me, you shouldn't ask me. If you don't want to hear, there's only one. See, because, because what I'm preaching to you about that He's the one, I mean, it's all over me. It's inside of me. It's on me. It's all about me. I believe it, that not, not because I can't believe something else and I'm so against this or that. No, I want the truth. How about you? Amen. And when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm so excited because, see, every day when I, hear, when I hear people give statistics about what they think it's going to be like in 2030, you know, and how many people there are that will never know about Jesus. I, I hear these crazy statistics that people send me about things like that. You know, by, by this year, you know, at the rate we're going, there's all these people that are not going to be saved, and, and this is going to be turned in this direction. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> not if I have anything to do with it. See, because, because when I see the Word of God and the will of God, the will of God says, God wants none to perish but everybody to come to the saving knowledge of the one. There's only one. It's not all roads lead to heaven. Well, He's a God of love and you know, He'll just this, that, and the other. No, and it's not really about that so much as it is people making sure that people get a fair shake. See, so that means I've got to believe that He's my healer. I've got to believe He's my Savior. I've got to believe that He keeps me no matter what. I've got to believe that He's my deliverer. I've got to believe those things so that as the Holy Spirit brings people that are hungry for truth and they're looking for it, they've looked for it in about 25 different directions and they can't find it because there's only one truth, I got it. Man, I love those conversations that are set up For people to be blessed and to get the truth. I can't tell you how many of those kind of conversations I've had on an airplane. God set it up. And all but one time, I never prayed for them to receive Jesus. What I did was, because of their questions, I gave them truth that they will never forget. And the Bible says when you deliver the truth and you plant the seed of the truth into a person's life, that will not return void, but it'll accomplish what it was set out to accomplish. Maybe not right then on the plane, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week or next year, but that word, that living word will not return void. That's where my confidence is. Bunch of people that I've just planted a seed in their life, I'm going to see in heaven, I believe. Because the Word doesn't return void. That's how much we have to believe in the Word. Amen. John chapter 3 and verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Notice, he didn't say that he believed he was the one. He said he believed he was a teacher and, and you know, a good man because of the things that, that he had heard had, were happening with him. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is, notice notice his answer here. I believe you're a teacher or whatever, but his answer here now is going for the jugular. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, water of the womb, and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Do not marvel, he said, that I said to you, you must be born again. Who said that? Who said that? Jesus, the head of the church, said, you must either be born again or live a good enough life or believe in this group or that group. No, no, no. He said, to to enter into the kingdom of God, to know the things of the kingdom, you must be born again. Can you say amen to that? Look at this next verse. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. In other words, you can't see it. You, you, you know the wind is blowing. The, the other day, all, all the little Christmas trees and the manger scene and the Santa Claus that we have in front of the house down there, uh, all of those were laying on their side. Why? Why? Because of the wind, right that was the evidence of the wind i didn 't see the wind you know i could I could hear the wind, but i couldn 't see the wind, but I saw the the effects of the wind and that 's what he 's saying right here. Watch this he said i 'll read it again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes, so is Everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and he said to him, How can this be? Jesus answered and he said to him, Are are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, We speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. To this point right here, there's no, many, there's no telling how many healings had manifest in Jesus' ministry that Nicodemus heard about. I don't know for a fact whether he had seen a healing, okay? But Jesus is saying, these things are happening, we're testifying of things, these things, and you're not believing what you've heard, or in essence, what you've heard or who you heard I am. See, because Nicodemus and all his cohorts were still looking for a one, and they're definitely not convinced he's the one. Many people today that are looking for something to be saved, to be delivered, they're looking, but they've not accepted the one. Today, on this side of the cross, the one is available. Been many miracles and many things happen in the name of Jesus, but there are many people today that don't believe. And notice what Jesus said. He said, I've told you earthly things and you do not believe. How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man, who is in heaven. This is the Son of Man saying this. He's saying this to Nicodemus. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Everlasting life for God, last verse, for God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world be saved. You know why people don't receive Him? Because they're condemned. Why is a person condemned? When I was, when I, two months before my 18th birthday, I accepted Jesus as my Savior, and nobody in my family was saved that I knew of. Nobody that I knew of was saved. Possibly, my grandmother that had passed away the year before, but not that I know of. She was. She had a Bible and she went to church but I don't know that she was born again. I don't know that she had been born a second time. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. And we have to differentiate between that and we have to understand it. And I don't know that she understood it. But as far as I know, nobody in my family was saved at the time. I got born again and, you know, got stirred up and on fire, and man, oh man, and shoving it down everybody's throat, and you know, coming after them, and they wouldn't invite me to family reunions because they didn't want me around and hear all my stories and all the things that were going on, put them under condemnation because of how stupid I was, and uh, when I began to get set free of that mentality and that attitude, my oldest sister was one of the ones that I first started ministering to, and you know, she was, a, she was a bartender, and she was, a, you know, she was the one that got me on drugs and stuff when I, was, when I was a younger kid. And we just, our parents were divorced at a young age. We just kind of, we just, you know, we weren't all that bad. We just did whatever we wanted to do. But I can remember the first time that I actually shared with her the truth of the Word and talked to her about Jesus. And the things she said to me, I can still remember to this day. Yeah, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. There's no way that God could forgive me of the things that I've done. You, you don't realize what I've done. We hadn't lived together a lot, and there was a lot of things that had happened in her life. She'd been on her own since she was 16, living by herself since she was 16. And she just said, you, you, just don't, you don't know what I've done. And see, that's the mentality that so many people have because they don't know Him. They have that mentality that they're not forgiven, they're condemned. Notice, what did he say in this last verse, in 17? For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. See, we got a problem out there this Christmas season. There's a lot of people, they're condemned, and and yet they're in pride, so they won't admit they're condemned, would never want to admit they needed a Savior, never want to admit things. It's all kind of, you know, you'll find different people in different situations, but it's all messed up. It's all screwed up and twisted in all these different types of emotion and things based on where people have come from. In this Christmas season, I'm saying and challenging you that in Colossians 1, it says, Christ revealed in you, in one translation says, is the hope of the world. Christ is the hope. But for the world not to be condemned and the world to be hungry for the one He's got to be real in us. This word has got to be working in us. This way has got to be working in us, so that people can be led to us by the Holy Ghost, and we've got something to give them. I got saved, and in all my in the first year or two that of my salvation, I was so energetic and so stirred up because of what I got it. I wanted everybody to change, you know their whole direction of life, and if they weren't, man, I was hammering them. Doesn't work. I've realized it doesn't work. Like I said, somebody wants to talk about Jesus is the only way, the only way I'll enter into a, unless God tells me something different, but as far as what God has shown me, time and time again, when I had an opportunity to force an issue, God said, no, shut it down not going to do a thing, but somebody comes to me, see, and God will draw people to me. What what will people be drawn toward, ugliness and meanness or kindness? The Bible says it's the kindness of God that leads a man to repentance. People are led to repentance and salvation and believing in the one when they see kindness radiating from you and I. You and I are called to live and walk and operate in the love of God. God so loved that He gave the best of heaven not to condemn the world, but that the world would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. You in days past, if you've been around here for a long time, for a period of time, you know that a message like this, once people are saved, you know, You really don't need to keep preaching messages about being saved. But this message right here, you and I need it. Because we need to be convinced of the one in our day-to-day life like never before. In 1 Peter chapter 2, the first four verses, it would be good for you to read them. We read them around here a lot. But in the Third and fourth verse. It says, "Well, well." Verse one starts out with, um, "Somebody start it out for me." First Peter two one. Just give me the first two words. Huh. First Peter two one. No. First Timothy two one. <laughs> I'm thinking that's not my verse. <clears throat> Cause I told them wrong. <clears throat> You're supposed to think you know what I'm thinking. First <clears throat> Timothy two one. Can you give me that? What is it? Therefore, first of all, petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Kings and all those in authority, that we may live a peaceful and a quiet life in all godliness and holiness. Watch this. This is good, and it pleases God, my Savior, who wants all people to be saved and, all people to be saved and, verse 4, to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's not enough for people to just be saved. What pleases my Savior Jesus is that all people come also to the knowledge of the truth. People need to know that he's the real one. He's the one. That's it. He's the one. And then it be a part of your life and it be working in your life so that your life is a testament to other people that he's the one. See, because at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. We don't don't get any accolades or credit in this life. There'll be credits given to people at the judgment seat of Christ, yeah. There'll be rewards and things that are there. But in this life, it's not about how much we do. It's about what He did. And that's what the world needs. You realize that what was planned more than 7,000 years ago. We don't know when their little board meeting was when redemption was set up. But more than however, you know, 7,000 years before Adam and Eve, you realize what was set up was fulfilled. They set up that redemption plan and they fulfilled it. Not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And I'm just telling you right now, In days past on this planet, there have been times and seasons that were a whole lot worse than what we see today. I'm telling you a whole lot worse. I'm telling you a whole lot worse. The Roman Empire were some of the most wicked people ever on the planet. And what they did to human beings, what we saw they did to Jesus, what they did to human beings was horrific. The control that different governments through the years had was was horrific. But after Jesus came, even there were horrific times and things that happened. Just take the Holocaust. What happened during World War II with the Jewish people. Horrific. If you've never been to Israel and been to the Holocaust Museum in Israel, you need to take a box of Kleenex and prepare yourself when you go through there. Because the world, most of the world doesn't know what happened to the Jewish people. Whether you like the Jews or not, doesn't really matter. They're human beings created in the image of God. Can you say amen? Every human being was created in the image of God. Nothing like that should ever happen. I'm telling you, there's been some horrific times on planet earth. When we're looking out there in the climate that we are in and living in today, there's some unsettling things that are going on. But man... I have a savior. That's right. Amen. And at the end of the day, really, your attitude has to become it really doesn't matter what happens, because see, see, you can be all upset and worked up about certain things that happen, but if there was something that you could have done, then you should have been doing it. And the one thing that I've realized is that first Timothy, chapter 1, one through four, tells me to pray. For all people. And so that's what I've begun to do in the last 10 years is pray for all people. All people that God tells me to pray for. And it just keeps expanding every single day. What I can do is declare the word over people's lives. And anything I can do in the natural that God is leading me to do to make a difference and make a change, don't stick your head in the sand and, oh, you know, I'm just, I just believe God and I'm going to act like nothing's. No, there's, there's a lot of horrific things going on. But what people need is the truth to help them to make changes. You're not going to force change on humanity. So you better spend your time, and you better be spending your time declaring the Word of God over people's lives. i got a whole list of people that in the natural, I don't really like them. But you know what? I don't know them. I don't like them because of what so-and-so said about them, that so-and-so said about them, that so-and-so said about them. And so in my head, I'm thinking, well, I don't really like that person because they don't believe what I believe. So God told me one day, he said, so you don't even know them. You want to be treated that way? You want people to judge you that don't really know? know? You want people to be judging you that don't know you based on what other people say about you? No. So our job today is to take the Word of God and the Holy Spirit revealing the truth to us. Praying in the Spirit and praying in the understanding and praying in the truth and allowing the truth to do its work so that people in the world are not condemned, but they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. As long as I'm here, my expectation, the whole planet is saved. That's what I'm declaring. Because that's the will of my Father. The heart of my Father is that all men, Nobody perish, but all men come to the saving knowledge of Jesus, who is the one. And so, as long as I'm here, I, I don't know about you, I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself. I'm here to see the whole planet say, well, Pastor, you can't get, no, no, I mean, you can tell me I can't believe for that. I'm believing for it. Whole planet. Whole planet. This is just a little piece of something I speak every day, and I've spoken this every day for, well, different presidents or different people or whatever, but I've condensed it in a way that I feel, I, I feel strongly that God showed me that I could do this and believe for this. But this is what I say every day. This one little segment or piece that I say every day. Today, Father, I speak over President Trump, Governor Abbott, Mayor Blackburn, Mayor Inchner, President Biden over all their cabinet members and all authority figures in Washington, D.C., and the whole United States. I can hear somebody saying, well, why are you praying for President Trump? Well, I had his name down there. I've been praying while he was president. I just never removed it. I just added President Biden. President Trump, Governor Abbott, Mayor Blackburn, he was our previous mayor, Mayor Inchner, President Biden, over all their cabinet members, watch this, and all authority figures in Washington, D.C., and the whole United States. And this is what I say. Everything hidden is being brought to the light. Every lie is being exposed by the truth. All darkness is being uncovered every day by the light of God's Word. Notice in there, in my prayer for those people, is not my preference. Well, I pray that all of them believe this the way I do. No, no, there's kind of some witchcraft in that because maybe there's some of what you think about that that needs to be changed too. So what I want is the truth. The Bible says you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. That's why the whole world's getting saved because I'm just speaking for myself. Because of the way I'm praying, the planet is getting born again. They're getting, they're getting saved because they're believing in the one. So you've got to realize how important that your platform is in the world you live in. All the Christmas trees as you walked in, All the celebration, the manger scene, the this, that, and all the things that go on. You know, every church in the country, or most of them probably, have Christmas trees and celebrating, you know, the birth of Jesus. And we are, we're so thankful that He was conceived and that He was born. So thankful. Because He's the one that was sent as Savior of the world. And I leave you with that today and with a greater challenge in your heart and life to pursue the One. Judging your life day to day, you know, how much time are you spending in other things? How much time do you spend with Him, with His Word, praying in the Spirit, reading the Word, meditating the Word. You know, yeah, we got to live in lives. We've got jobs or vocations or businesses or things that we do and families and all the responsibilities that go with it. But in the downtime or the free time that you have, I just challenge you in the days and the weeks and the months and the years ahead to allow yourself to gravitate toward developing that relationship and that understanding of the One. Because it's not just about you and it's not just for you and just for your family, but everybody you come in contact with, because if you don't really believe it, and you're not convinced of it, and you're not passionate about it, the rest of the world won't get saved. The rest of the world's not going to just get trip over salvation, because in the natural, The enemies worked overtime to make it not look inviting. Did you hear me? The enemies made it look like we're a bunch of sissies and we're a bunch of pushovers and walkovers and we're a bunch of this, that, and the other. No. No. What did Jesus say? He said the world would know because of the love we have for each other. That's hard to do. But in spite of everybody's differences and things that are not totally right, he said the world will know. The world will get saved when they see the love we have for one another and then they like that and they're, and, and, and they're like, kind of like a, a, a magnet to metal Ooh, drawn toward the love. Something about it that we've got to be more aware of than we ever have been before. We've got to be aware. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.